0: It's time to get in the zone, the Fantasy Football Zone. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following
1: us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. What a piece of that
0: championship? Put it in here.
1: This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back into the Fantasy Football Zone. Again, we've got Corey Smith of RotoWire joining us. And yet another crazy, I guess, week and day as we begin to record this. We had more COVID positive tests uh, around the league today. I know one of the big ones, the Packers and 49ers being affected by it with Kendrick Bourne of the 49ers uh, now being added to the COVID list. The 49ers had to shut down their facility uh, on Wednesday, but it sounds like the game Thursday night still going to go. I know the Packers team playing they've left for san francisco so it sounds like they are going to play thursday night but uh, we had that also the matthew stafford news coming out of detroit where he is now on the COVID list he might miss the game sunday against the vikings it depends on how his tests turn out if Uh, Technically, I guess if he continues to test negative, he can play Sunday. But as of right now, he's got that designation of being on the COVID list. So again, uh, (laughs) one more wrench to throw into this season, Corey, just what we've been used to. One more wrench. and I mean,
0: that's for the chance. A high-risk post-contact is what he's considered right now. Uh, hasn't tested positive yet, but we'll see about him. If it's Case Daniel, he gets to start Sunday. Uh, they're taking on your Vikings. And uh, <laughs> the running back situation in Green Bay, that'll be super interesting to monitor as well. Seeing Irvin, who may be thrusting the starting role, he's dealing with a wrist injury. I think he'll probably play through it, is my understanding, to this point. They're leaning on him being available, but it's going to be a very interesting weekend as it's been a first two months of the season for sure.
1: And I mean the Packers San Francisco game both backfields they are just injury riddled or covid riddled right now and Aaron Jones for the Packers still questionable with that tag uh, as of today with that uh, designation so still not sure if they're going to let him play on Thursday night or not. And, of course, the 49ers, they have everyone out. Of course, the big news, too, from this past weekend, uh, Kittle injured. He looks like he's going to be done for the rest of the season. That's a huge hit for fantasy tight ends right now. I know I was trying to scramble and find somebody to replace him.
0: Yeah, that's a huge hit. And now it's going to be Jordan Reed. Are we going back that well here, Paul? I mean, if you're desperate in a deep league, I tried to get him in a 16-team league. It's worth a look, right? I mean, yeah. There aren't a ton of weapons, and they've had so many injuries at receiver as well. Uh, Of course, running back. So he could get some looks. I know he's coming off IR this week, I believe.
1: That's what it sounds like, is he might. I I didn't see if they added him yet or not for the game, but I know Kyle Shanahan has been talking him up that he might be available. But, yeah, that has been the tough choice. It's either been Jordan Reed ad or Logan Thomas of Washington, and it's like, oh, boy. Reed at least has got some history of success, and even earlier this season when Kittle was out, he did fill in pretty good until he got injured.
0: Yeah, and we've also got Ross Dwelly, who I guess is going to be in the mix. But among the two, no question about it, I'd take Reed. Then on the other side, you mentioned Aaron Jones. That is still up in the air. His reps have been capped this week so far as he keeps working his way back from a strained calf. They expect him to be a game-time decision. So, of course, we'll have to keep an eye on him. Jamal Williams already unavailable. So we'll see. It's going to be a game-time thing tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, so we've got that we're dealing with, and also some news at the NFL trade deadline. Well, I may as well start off with the Packers news on that one, because the big rumor was that Will Fuller might be coming to Green Bay. There was a discussion about that. Obviously, it did not happen, and I think a big reason of it is because the price was a little too high. I guess a second-round pick is what Houston was looking for, and for most likely just for eight games, they would get Fuller and, you know all the playoffs uh obviously they weren't looking to resign him it didn't make uh sense for them to make that trade so i guess that's one of the big names and why one of the reasons uh, that deal didn't go down
0: that's a good point second round pick would be a lot for rental uh, i know romeo cornell obviously it's kind of a joint group going into the gm situation right now but said they would not be giving guys away of course despite sitting at one and six right now I mean, if the Packers were <laughs> not want to invest anything in that wide receiver-heavy draft, I'm not surprised at all, frankly, that they didn't get this done. But I was excited about the prospect. I mean, obviously, so many injury, you know, different issues over the years with Fuller. But if he's at full strength, that would just be a huge splash to of their offense. But we do have Lazard, who I think is returning soon here. Yeah. He had a huge game against the Saints, so I think he could be of interest on in terms of fantasy when he gets back here, maybe this week.
1: That's the thing, though. The fan base, it's always been that receiver, and now when you're looking at some of these guys that are performing, they did not pick in the first round. you got to remember that first round back uh, draft pick Jordan Love, he's been inactive every game, so he's not even Wait. your backup quarterback right now, and you're looking at guys like uh, Brandon Ayuk, Also, uh, Claypool, other guys, T. Higgins, guys that went later that were available at that point, and they're starting to have some success. I know some of the fans are like, did we really screw up this draft? And I know giving up a second round for next year might have been a big cost, but I'm with you. I would have loved to see that with uh, Adams on one side and then Fuller on the other side throwing Lazard as well. And I think that would have been a big weapon that uh, really could have helped the Packers.
0: That would have been beautiful. And also I think they probably could have used a pass rusher too. I mean, you always talk about other than quarterback need tackles and need a pass rush, they probably could have used that someone else in the NFC heavyweight. Seattle, they go and get Carlos Dunlap. I mean quiet season so far this year, Paul, just one sack so far for the two time pro bowler. But before this year, seven straight years of seven and a half or more sacks. So just really consistent Dunlap for the Bengals. i know it was an ugly exit for him but he could be an addition that makes an impact for the seahawks here and they need a pass rush to up their chances of winning the super bowl this year
1: and that was kind of the theme of the trade deadline not a huge names offensively moving but a lot of parts on defense moved including uh, avery williamson who gets out of the jets and he goes to the best team of the afc so he uh he definitely upgraded
0: Yeah. Worst to first, uh, pretty much a pick swap here in the 2022 draft as, uh, Pittsburgh moves up from the seventh round to a fifth round pick. Uh, actually, reverse, sorry. Uh, New York's going to move up a couple rounds there. But Williamson, career-high 120 tackles last year, well on his way to his fourth 100-tackle season this year. I know the pro football-focused guys don't love him in coverage, but seems like you get in that Pittsburgh front seven, you're going to play well with all the talent around you. I mean, look at Aluoglu in the front for Pittsburgh revitalizing his career. And, of course, the the need is there, Uh, Devin Bush going down with a torn ACL. So, Williamson, perhaps not a pro bowler, never has been, but will bolster that front seven for sure for Pittsburgh.
1: And another name that moved in this one miffed me a lot. I I thought he was offered a contract when they traded for him, but obviously he wasn't with Minnesota. Yannick Ngakwe, uh, they traded him. Back to Baltimore, who really wanted him to begin with, but they didn't want to give up the price to Jacksonville. They let Minnesota give up that price, and now Minnesota moves on from him after just a couple games, and uh, it looks like they might pay a bigger cost than Baltimore will in the end of this, especially to Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, and I thought there was, you're right, something built in where they could extend him for another year, a team option. I'd have to... Dig again on that, but in terms of what this does for Baltimore, makes their pass rush even more fearsome. They're currently fourth with almost three and a half sacks per game, so just another weapon for that front seven. I mean, Baltimore's defense, not quite the Ray Lewis era, but this is still... Year after year, just unbelievable.
1: And I know, too, Tennessee making some moves. Uh, they acquired Desmond King from the Chargers to try to help with that secondary, and then they released Vic Beasley, who, man, he just uh, – this might be his last go-around. I know with the, coming off the Falcons, a high draft pick, and all of a sudden uh, you know, coming to Tennessee, not helping that defensive all, and then just getting released here in the middle of the year. Tough goal for Vic Beasley, but uh, I, I'm wondering if King will help them out at all in that secondary to – Help improve that defense, which has kind of been struggling this year.
0: They've really been struggling. And just to hit on Beasley really quick, I mean, he led the NFL in sacks. 2016, I believe, he had 16 yeah. and a half sacks. So it's been a quick fall. And it was ugly from the start this year because he wasn't showing up early in the season, wanted to hear, I believe, more about the COVID protocols. or It was just kind of a rough start to his tight tenure. I know Mike Grable was talking about it every day. But, yeah, you're completely on, Paul. I mean, they, they're they starting to struggle here a little bit. Uh I think that's back-to-back losses now, is it? Not Pittsburgh and then Cincinnati, and Taylor LeJuan going out on the offensive line. That is just a critical loss on the other side of the ball, but that defense that was so good in getting them to the Final Four last year, they've been getting torn up to the air, so it's certainly a notable addition that's going to help them out.
1: All right, let's recap some of the Weeki ache action. We're going to start off with the Broncos and Chargers, an exciting one. At first, it didn't look like that, but uh, Denver fought back, and Drew Locke, hey, he might be the guy after all. Yeah, I was hating on him going into the fourth. (laughs) I mean,
0: no touchdowns, four picks in his first uh, two games back from that shoulder injury that kept him out for a few weeks. I mean, things were looking dark, but three fourth-quarter touchdown passes—the walk-off, KJ Hamler. I mean, they looked at it, but they confirmed it. So, no one total touchdown pass coming into this one, Paul, in four combined starts for Locke. I mean, I don't think this resolves everything. The Chargers are not a good team. They know how to lose games late. They're like Falcons, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a huge win. I mean, they're, they're kind of back in the playoff mix. I still don't think they're quite there. The season we'll see, but it extends it. I mean, I was worried, but it extends the season here and they, they're still in the mix.
1: And on the other side, Justin Herbert, I I tell you what, this guy, some tough luck here because he has really been putting up some great performances. Maybe he's a great fantasy quarterback. I don't know, but coming in, I didn't think he was going to be this good right away and, uh, it, I think it's between him and Burrow for probably the uh, rookie of the year right now.
0: Yeah, it's got to be. And I know James Robinson was in the mix for a while. We'll see how he does coming off the bye here. But no question. I mean, they're not closing games. But it's unbelievable just being, you know, 21, 22 years old, stepping right into this level of football and just playing. Like, they're both kind of in the Pro Bowl mix ball. Like, they're both borderline third-string Pro Bowlers in yeah. their first year Pro's. Uh, just unbelievable stats from Herbert. They did not play well in the second half. Of course, they came out hot against Denver touchdown drive on the opening drive, of the third quarter. Uh, he hit Mike Williams for the long touchdown, kind of the story of Mike Williams career, as we know, yep. but from there, just three field goals, a punt, an interception from Herbert. So a bad ending to the game. He's now one in five starter, but three or more touchdown pass, four straight, another 300 yard pass performance. So unbelievable fantasy quarterback, uh, Herbert has been so
1: far. Up next, Bills and Patriots, and the Bills get by the Patriots in this one, and I know some of the post reaction to this, Bill Belichick made in an interview this week that, uh, hey guys, we spent all our money the last couple of years, and we went for it, and we had some pretty good success, and that's why we are what we are right now.
0: Yeah, That's a very frank thing to say. It's true. I mean, with Buffalo against New England, you just never trust it until it's over. Until the final whistle, I mean, they had to hold on for dear life in this thing. Uh, it turned out to be Justin Zimmer, a guy who came from Ferris State. He's bounced around the league. He may have put the stake in the Dragon's heart and ended the Patriots dynasty here. I mean, they were still a long shot to win the AFD East coming into this game, yeah. being a couple games back. But here they were again, Cam Newton driving them down the field with a long run. And then another long run, but of course stripped inside the red zone. He looked broken, Paul. Like, you look at those shots of Cam Newton after that fumble. He just looked – he really did look broken. I mean, this is a devastating loss, and uh, two and five is just not New England.
1: Yeah, and with Cam, too, I don't – I'm trying to figure out if it's maybe just the wear and tear from all the years or if it was with him dealing with COVID – what the issue is here because when we saw him in those first couple of games we're like whoa Cam is back he looks great fantastic he can throw the ball he's running fantastic but yeah the last couple of games he looks like he is worn down quite a bit
0: You're absolutely right I I'm very curious about that I mean we did that 3 weeks off uh with the COVID, one of the games got pushed back, but look, he wasn't great as a passer. He did have that huge game against Seattle, yeah, almost 400 passing yards. He had four rushing touchdowns the first two weeks, though. I mean, that was a huge part of his contribution to the offense. Just two rushing touchdowns the last four games, and obviously the passing is completely gone by the wayside. The last three weeks, no touchdown passes, five picks. So it's just been brutal. Hasn't given his team a chance to win. Three straight losses. It's... I mean, it's coming down to it here. They got the Jets this week, Uh, so this is clearly a must-win. And This is a very sneaky—I mean, it looks terrible on paper, but this is a Monday night game. It's going to be interesting, I, I think, to watch the game. I'm very curious to see how it unfolds past Jets Monday night.
1: And as Bill Belichick said in the press conference this week, the Jets are better than they were last year. He literally said that and I don't know if he's trolling him because he just loves doing that to the Jets but he he made that comment even though the Jets have not won a game this year. He thinks they are better this year than they were last year. There's no way. I don't I don't buy it Paul. Do you I I think no. they, they, God, they're worse this year. They're they're much worse. Yes. I I think that's just an old Belichick get again trying to get under the Jets skin cuz he's been doing it for about 20 years now.
0: Which way do they go? They got <laughs> this is their first game against the Jets, and yeah. they're two and five. It, foreseeably if they lose every game the rest of the way, they're going to be in the mix. They could be. Th- this could be Belichick's greatest work of all time. <laughs>
1: And Throw the, the rest of the season, and huh?
0: And top them for the number one pick. That would be
1: unbelievable. That that one, and yeah, maybe that's what he's setting everything up for. Because with the uh, with the weird quotes from him this week, I mean, it's uncharacteristic. Everything this year from Belichick's been uncharacteristic. You see him on subway ads for crying out loud. Sure. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's he's opening up where we're not used to him doing that anymore, or, or before. So I guess it's it's a whole new Belichick here, and yeah, that would be his greatest work if they just. Were the tank the rest of the season?
0: After that Seattle game, I thought they were going to win nine games. It's I know it's completely uh, falling off the track here that we're even talking about that as a possibility. But they've looked they've looked terrible.
1: Up next, the game that ended Week Eight in some controversy: Buccaneers and Giants. And man, was it a struggle struggle for the Buccaneers to try to pull away in this one and win, and I guess questionably win at the end.
0: Yeah. Uh, that non-call on the last-second two-point try there—I have a hard time believing if that was Brady and the Buck, that wouldn't have stayed a flag. I mean, it looked like pass interference to me. I, I yeah. think it got there a little early.
1: Yeah, it, it looked early, but to Daniel Jones, you got to throw that quicker. I mean, that right. and that was kind of his problem the whole game was. Uh, you know, we like Danny Dimes. But, again, there's some things he's got to work on. And, yeah, was Winfield there? He was. No doubt about it. But Danny Dimes has got to hit him a little quicker out of the back. Man,
0: he's starting to get to that territory where even people who love Danny Dimes are starting to have to – (laughs) Question <laughs> you know, I mean, we see the ability, but no to loss. You can't just keep staying week after week. You know, good effort. You know, they fought. It was a close game. Yeah. That's you know, enough. Like, they got to close some of these freaking games. They got to win some of these games. And for God's sakes, he can't throw a pick on the final drive. He did show life. I mean, the fact that he got them down the field, that miracle chuck to Darius Slayton to keep it alive in a fourth down, the touchdown to Golden Tate, and even something nice to the Giants, of course, Golden Tate. Yells in the camera. Throw me the ball. Yep, exactly. Like, something nice
1: is uh, <laughs> rough, complicated. And I see I mean, they punished him a little bit today. He wasn't at practice today because of that, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> so I guess there's lessons being learned there. But yeah, in this game, it was just I guess for at least he didn't fumble the ball away at the end. I mean, there, there at least there was that, right? Yeah, at least he didn't fumble it away. For I mean, that was. In fact, we can say that as a compliment yes. to how much he
0: struggled. I missed this stat. Just got, escaped my view, but I think this is what it read. Most turnovers in this certain, whatever, first 20 starts uh, for an NFL quarterback since Ryan Leaf
1: oh, is Daniel God. Jones. I mean,
0: he's in bad company. Don't like to hear that. No.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: but man, he showed life, but again, we've got to see him start to close some of these opportunities or else they're going to be drafting high and they're going to be taking a quarterback without Gentleman as their GM, is my guess.
1: Yeah. And on the other side, Brady, he, he keeps it rolling. He was a little frustrated at times in this one. And, uh, you know, fantasy-wise, I don't know what you're expecting from Brady anymore, fantasy. But, uh, you know, under 300 yards, a couple touchdown passes. I think that's, I think the days of the five, six touchdown games from Brady, they might be gone. In games like this, I think you, you should expect more and more.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, but he's been solid. You're completely right. Yeah. This isn't 2010 20, 20, uh, New England. Yes. But still, he's QB6 on the season. I remember this trade offer in one of my leagues. I was almost insulted when I got this uh, five weeks ago. Uh, offered this guy a trade for a completely different skill group, and he sent me this back. He offered me Tom Brady for Lamar Jackson. I'm wishing I took it now. What would you do for the rest of the season, Paul? I mean, Tom Brady is the sixth best quarterback. Lamar Jackson is 16th right now. He's been steady as Brady, but yep. ah, what do you, like you said, I'm, I think this is what he's going to be all year. The weapons are there. He just got Antonio Brown. Yes. I mean, I think he's going to be pretty steady. Uh Top seven or eight QB the rest of the way. Wouldn't you say that's pretty fair? You're not going to get 30 points out of him very often, but top seven or eight.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, and that's, I think, where you want him. I mean, you get that consistency, you know, he's going to get you the mid, you know, this maybe 16 to the 26 point range each week and uh, that's what you want on a quarterback position and you know with Lamar Jackson right now I at least you know Brady's going to pass for over 200 yards each game and get you a couple touchdowns most likely
0: yeah uh, and <laughs> a really tough season for Jackson we'll get to him a little bit more in depth but his favorite Brady's favorite Gronk here yep Bison up you know we we mentioned it the first game he kind of got back here but now three straight games with a touchdown averaging also 60 receiving yards per game. So it's been really no fluke here for our purposes in fantasy, 14 plus fantasy points in three straight games weeks, one to five, just 5.2 points per game from Gronk. So he's really showing life here and you love to see it. Cause I don't think you got him without a high draft pick, how popular he is as a player.
1: Yeah, and a one thing of concern, too, with this Tampa Bay offense uh, as a fantasy owner, it's that backfield. You thought Ronald Jones was going to be the guy, and now here we go. We're getting Leonard Fournette more carries in this one. So I I don't know what you do with this backfield right now.
0: I think intuitively it leans towards Fournette. Uh, and I know he had an injury that got him out for about two weeks, but before that, I think that like three and four, week three and four he was out. Before that game prior, it seemed like he was really picking up and it was going to be him. And Again, I mean, Ronald Jones with the fumble. I know he's in his third year. He's a pretty established back, and he's shown a lot this year. I mean, Ronald Jones with Fournette out looked looked awesome against the Bears. He had a couple 15-point fantasy games, but he's the better pass catcher probably overall, Ronald Jones. But I I do think Leonard Fournette, when they're all healthy, he's going to be a little bit better of a fantasy asset. uh, Playing with Brady, playing with the veterans, and meanwhile, Keyshawn Vaughn, the third-round rookie, is just MIA. So we know it's these two. It's just a split, and it's going to be tough to deal with them, honestly, all year.
1: Up next, this I can't remember a worse Sunday night football game. This, this thing was like watching paint dry. Eagles and Cowboys, it was just rough watching Ben DiNucci under center for the Cowboys. Terrible. I
0: mean, he just looked overwhelmed. Uh, yeah. The first game against Washington, he dropped back six times. He got sacked three times and he fumbled twice. I mean he it looked like he had a little bit of life early in this game, but then you saw some things. You saw the sidearm play yes. Cooper. That was pretty wacky. I mean that was you don't see that every every year. Uh look, Carson Wentz was so bad and you did a good job of predicting this. I mean I think I was a little bit too much on his bandwagon. We started to get it going. He was so bad that Dallas was still in this game. I think it was fifteen to nine was the score with like Five or six minutes left and then we had that weird fumble where Danucci clearly fumbled it yes seems like him and Daniel Jones they're obsessive fumblers Danucci's on another level he fumbled like crazy yeah and they had that weird return where some guys like sitting on the ball it looked like it was down and yes the Eagles ball ended up with a touchdown so I mean I couldn't believe that it ended up a touchdown but Cowboys are done I mean it seems to me like this <laughs> as bad as the Eagles are as shaky as they are it's clearly their division the rest of
1: the way. What do you do with your Cowboy weapons In I mean, you got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and even Zeke right now. I mean, they're not even feeding him. Well, they, the offensive line is so banged up. I mean, that's not really helping him. I mean, it looked like they figured it out towards the end of the game to run behind Zach Martin. But right now, what are you doing if you are oh, – banking on these guys to come through for you. And now it looks like Danucci, who may not even start this week, might not be the quarterback. What do you do with him right now?
0: Yeah, it's brutal. And I know I have Zeke in one league. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of investment in the receivers. I do have Gallup, unfortunately. Of yeah. course, Danucci plays well with Gallup. He's the only guy who shows the pulse. But uh, yeah, if I'm holding on to these uh, Dallas guys, I think for now you got to hope that Andy Dalton comes back in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have Pittsburgh this week, they have the Week 10 bye, but then it's uh, Minnesota, and then it's Washington. So it's some decent matchups after the bye. For me, I'm just holding tight right now because, I mean, if you get a decent offer, of course, I mean, CeeDee Lamb, uh, if someone still wants CD Lamb or Mari Cooper, I'm willing to part, but, uh, you know, you need to get something considerable back for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Most likely, I think, holding steady at this time, their value is at an all-time low right now, so... I'm probably holding steady.
1: Another fun game to watch: Steelers and Ravens in this one, and uh, Big Ben not the greatest outing at all. If you're looking for big numbers against a tough defense against the Ravens, but uh, he came through with another victory.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't believe this, but just the second, seven-zero and seven-zero start in Steelers franchise history. I mean, that's a big start seven of those tough to get to but yeah their whole history they've, they've never been 8-0 so they do have a chance to do that against the cowboys this week i mean it they're yeah. probably going to obliterate the cowboys yes i'm thinking they're going to kill them but uh yeah like you said Roethlisberger, real life quarterback he's been really efficient uh 15 to 4 touchdown interception on the year just hasn't had to chuck it i mean in 2018 their defense was not to this level um and they were the number 2 or 3 pass offense in the nfl this year in the 20s but He's just cruising, super efficient, staying in the pocket. And, you know, he's just getting it done right now. Uh, fantasy-wise, one or two passing touchdowns in five to seven games. So, basically, he's only had two games with three passing touchdowns. Quarterback 22 in fantasy. So, yeah, disappointing in fantasy, but good in real life. The Big Ben
1: prognosis. And then there's Lamar Jackson, who... Most likely was the second or third quarterback off your board. And, yeah, it's just been a very rough goal for him this year.
0: Terrible. And this this game from the start, I mean, literally the first minute of the first quarter, 33-yard pick-pick to Robert Spillane, uh Steelers linebacker, two interceptions, three fumbles, two of them are lost. I mean, we know he's got the elite rushing floor. We see that time and time again. But is he going to be able to throw the ball? Against an elite team. I mean, in these big games, that's the narrative all week, can he beat a big-time team? Can he beat the Chiefs? Can he beat the Steelers? So far, has not been able to do it. The one thing I'll point out, uh, this time last year, when he won the MVP, this time last year, just 12 passing touchdowns through Week 8. I know he had to blow up okay. against Miami in the opener, but he was in the same position this, this year, also 12 passing touchdowns. I mean, he went crazy down the stretch last year, 24 passing touchdowns, just final seven outings. Of 2019, so that's what you hope for if you're invested in Lamar Jackson. But obviously, if you drafted him in the second round, you picked him to be the best fantasy quarterback, and you picked him, him and Mahomes yeah. on another level. Yeah, he hasn't been anywhere close to
1: that. Yeah, that that has been rough. I mean, there, you, you're providing some hope though, because yeah, last year he was at the 12 touchdowns where he is, you know, right now. But uh, he went on that streak. But I think the problem is here. It's the NFL, and defenses have finally caught up a little bit to this offense. And there's some chirping going around, too, with the receivers that they're not getting the ball enough because they are just pounding and running. And I know Hollywood Brown had a little issue with that going on. So, yeah, I think... I think that's all certain to come into play here, and I think the league may have figured out a little bit on how to stop Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah, they're going to have to find a curveball. They're going to have to find another pitch here to go to. I have him in one league. Uh, wasn't able to get Herbert, but if you can right now, I mean, it's a tough matchup against the Colts this week. I don't know if you put him down. You'd have to yeah. verify your options, where you can go, but I think I'm, I'm depending on the matchup, and Herbert seems to be matchup-proof, frankly. But yeah. you, you may prefer one of those rookies over Lamar Jackson, the MVP right now, uh, unbelievably. I, I can't believe we're saying that, but I think he might.
1: Now, i got to talk about that Ravens backfield, too, with Mark Ingram. He was out this week. I, I'm not sure his status for this week. He might be coming back. But you had Gus and uh, a guy that we liked a lot, J.K. Dobbins, and uh, they're still splitting those carries. But I thought Dobbins... Broke out. This was the big game for him, especially against that Steelers defense. Went over 100 yards. And I'm just hoping they feed him a little bit more now.
0: I know. And that was the frustrating thing. I mean, Gus Edwards, Gus Bus, <laughs> we love him. He's a good player. Yes. But, I mean, look, we we need J.K. Dobbins to go off. Yes. We put down, we put all our chips in the center of the table as some are on J.K. Dobbins, and it was a 15-16 split in this game. I mean, Edwards got more carries. He got one more carry than Dobbins, but uh, still, the blow-up game, like you said, 113 rushing yards for Dobbins on 15 attempts. He had 48 was a season high coming in. I think there's one thing the Ravens did, and we know they can do it, they did run the ball in Pittsburgh. They had over 200 team rushing yards with just the running backs. I mean, Lamar Jackson had 60 yards himself, so... They proved they could, they could do that on Pittsburgh, which is impressive. But, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I hope they feed Dobbins a little bit more. Deep leagues, I'm certainly uh, picking up Gus Edwards. because I, I do think they're going to give him double-digit touches every single week, uh, as long as Ingram is out. And right yeah. now, kicked off the week uh, Wednesday with a did-not-practice, dealing with a high ankle issue. So it could be a multi-week thing. I know typically those can be uh, multi-week mm-hmm. high ankle sprites.
1: Up next so it was uh, kicking off the week, the Thursday night the Falcons and the Panthers. And, hey, the Falcons, they closed one out. It was looking a little dicey towards the end, like we've seen this happen before. But uh, they got the big pick at the end, and the Falcons hang on for the victory. Oh, that
0: to make it interesting. Yeah. Uh, They get it done. They get it done now. 2-1 under Raheem Morris. I keep saying it time and time again. I mean, last year, their defense was so much better under him. He literally took over a very clean second half of the season. He took the, the last eight games splitting defensive coordinator duties with uh, Ulbrich, who's now the defensive coordinator with Quinn Fires. But they were so much better. Morris, Falcons only gave up 18 points per game over the second half. Uh, held Carolina to 17 here. Uh, Young Way Koo, I mean, that missed. Extra point after the top early touchdown. It it kept it at eight points. So I almost felt like taking a picture right there. (laughs) Here we go again. This is the beginning. This is the first straw on the camel's back. Lady Ray Wilson came up with a big defensive stop. Subbed in for Kendall Sheffield. Got hurt midway through the first quarter with a head injury. That allowed Ray Wilson to step in and make the big play there at the end. So you love to see it. Uh, Gosh, the Falcons needed it so badly. They're two and six. I mean, it's, it's not great. Yeah. Some people wouldn't love it for the draft position, but feels good to get a late win, finally.
1: And kind of an underrated thing on this Falcons team is, to say, a Todd Gurley. I mean, he is having a heck of a year. I didn't know this until you put this stat up here. Eight rushing TDs, te- uh, that's a high for the season. He's leading the league right now in rushing touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's had some decent yardage games, too, but the red zone usage has been unbelievable. Didn't check post-Sunday, but... After Thursday night's action, he led the entire NFL also in red zone carries. So you'd expect, I mean, if he has eight rushing touchdowns, he's got to be up there in red zone work, but he's literally atop the league. Brian Hill, he's been all right. He's shown flashes, in, in fact. He's had a couple big plays. He's had a long touchdown this year. But, I mean, Eno Smith, Quadre Allison, they haven't been much. And, overall, the backup situation is not great in Atlanta in terms of the running back. So, mm-hmm. Todd Gurley's got elite usage. It was all about the injury, and he stayed healthy this year. So, He's been unbelievable, frankly. If you drafted him, he's probably got you with a winning record right now in fantasy.
1: So now uh, with that wide receiving core, too, I mean, that's always the thing. And we saw Calvin Ridley. He went down yet again with another injury. And Julio, of course, stepped up, had a big game. Uh, is Ridley, what's he looking like for this week?
0: Uh, he's day-to-day at the moment. I know it was a mid-foot sprain. Initially, they thought it was an ankle injury uh, on Thursday night. But right now, he's day to day. It sounded like he was going to go this week, honestly. Uh, Raheem Morris saying knowing that it's a midfoot strain is actually good news from their perspective and not an ankle injury. So yeah, right now, day to day, I can't say I'm not an injury expert, but questionable. And I'm thinking he's probably going to go this weekend.
1: Okay. And on the other side with the Panthers, just want to mention this. So, you know, Bridgewater, decent start once again. Mike Davis, he's been tailing off a little bit, and that might be because, well, Mr. McCaffrey looks like he might be coming back into the fold this week.
0: That's going to be huge for them. I mean, running back in Vegas, I feel like they get you like a half point a game if they're a really good running back or a point. I mean, yeah. how much? That's why they always say in drafts don't draft a running back high. I mean, always injured replaceable, this and that. But McCaffrey is a different beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, what, three and four now. They yeah. weren't sitting in three and two. They were kind of in the playoff mix. Do you see that from them, Paul? Can they get back in the mix? I know everyone was super high in Matt Rule, Joe Brady. There you, can say, you know, Bridgewater's playing well, but against more physical defenses the last couple weeks. I mean, the Bears, I'm not going to say the Falcons are all that festival necessarily, but uh outside of Grady Jarrett, but do you think this McCaffrey return and it sounds like he might come back this week, like you said, can McCaffrey help get them back in the mix in the three and four in that division? I mean Tampa I don't think they can catch Tampa, but yeah and get
1: him back it's going to be hard especially yeah you got to leap tampa and new orleans so the division's long gone uh it's going to be hard though in the NFC because it's shaping up like the the teams out of the west there could be four teams that are going to be potentially you know they're all might be there towards the end so they have to leapfrog one of them but i think McCaffrey he is obviously something they have been missing the last couple of weeks it, it seemed like that offense you know Mike Davis did great he did great with him out but With Bridgewater, I think he's lenient on McCaffrey. And I know Curtis Samuel stepped up big, too, in some roles. But I think with McCaffrey in there, that just gives it another dynamic that they've been missing the last couple weeks.
0: I agree. And here, 66 rushing yards for Davis against the Falcons on uh, 13 carries. You know, he started off so good. He was ridiculous. The pass catcher right off the bat. He had like seven or eight catches every game. He's hit a wall a little bit the last couple of weeks, and it's just a different dynamic with McCaffrey coming back. I mean, it's a tough schedule. The Bucks coming up. If we got the Chiefs this week. Yeah. going to be really tough. But after that, they got the Lions, Vikings, and Broncos. So could have a chance to get back towards 500 after these next two games.
1: Up next, a game that, uh, well, these guys, none of these teams uh, like fantasy owners. I, I, I understand that. Raiders and Browns, this game was just awful.
0: Horrible a fantasy perspective yes uh baker mayfield baker mayfield again uh i mean less than 50 percent completion rate here and this is coming off last week afc player of the week honors for what he did against uh the Bengals. (laughs) we thought it was a good matchup coming in Uh, 31st ranked scoring defense were the raiders entering sunday but just just terrible paul and uh, as mayfield goes as you expect and being the quarterback and all, I mean, as he goes, so goes the Browns offense. Three games this year where Mayfield has one or no touchdowns, they've averaged 6.3 points per game. So, you know, of course, the quarterback stinks, so is the team. And as was the case here, 16-6 to loss. I mean, not going to win yeah. many games with six points.
1: No, and, and even Kareem Hunt, who I thought would have a pretty decent game, and he, he couldn't get it going either. And now you might have a situation coming up in that backfield where we're going to be splitting carries again. Yeah, I love Kareem Hunt
0: going into this matchup. Raiders came in third most fantasy points labs the position, but, I mean, they, they kind of had to throw late. The close games are out, but kind of had to throw a little bit more in the fourth. 14 carries for 66 yards, just seven receiving yards for Hunt, so basically nothing to the pass catcher. And, you know, Nick Chubb coming back from the knee injury, when he went down against the Cowboys uh, early October, he was initially given a six-week recovery time frame, so that puts him right around week 10. They're going on bye right now. They come back after the bye against Houston, so good matchup for both backs, but we could see Hunt's workload curtailed a bit with Chubb coming back from the knee.
1: And on the other side, I guess it wasn't all tear. I mean, there was one standout fantasy performer in this game, and that was Josh Jacobson, it looks like. Uh, they... They're going to ride him, and uh, he proved it in this game.
0: Yeah, nothing as a pass catcher. No catches, but on the ground, after a couple not-so-great outings the last few weeks, 31 carries. I mean, just a <laughs> gargantuan workload for him. Derrick Henry-like workload. I mean, we saw it last year. Jacob always getting a lot of work, but... Huge, huge night, Uh, 31 carries, 128 yards. So just the meat and potatoes of that Raiders offense. Not a pretty day for Derek Carr, 112 passing yards. But that Jacobs, he was the engine to that offense, and they need him to be if they want to win a playoff game this year.
1: All right, so let's look ahead here. Someone we're looking at uh, to start in uh, Week 9 here, the uh, Borderline Bruisers, Flex Heroes, tough decisions you might be facing, and a guy you're liking who's... Kind of struggled the last couple of weeks, but he's going against a defense that is just giving up yards left and right through the air. And uh, you're liking Josh Allen's matchup against Seattle.
0: This has got to be the week.
1: I <laughs> mean, crazy first four weeks of the season. We were talking about him with Rodgers. Not quite. I mean,
0: I don't think we quite bought him uh, to that degree of Rodgers and Wilson. But we're saying, hey, you know, he's in the mix for MVP right now. First four weeks, first quarter of the season, Over 25 fantasy points in all four of those games. The last four games, he's been under 17 in four straight. So you're going to get him for a good price in DFS. Uh, Not a great price, but he's not going to be number one or two anymore. Uh, Like you said, the matchup. Seattle just been terrible against the pass, allowing an NFL high 31.9 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. And you go to the projections, the ESPN guru here, Mike Clay, he's got Josh Allen. Behind only Russell Wilson in terms of week nine projection. And also you look to Vegas. This game is tied with uh New Orleans and Tampa Bay for so the highest over under of this weekend. Fifty four and a half points. So Vegas is telling us there's gonna be a lot of points scored in this game. Allen, I feel like he's bound to bounce back. We know he's got that high rushing four. I mean, he's been terrible the last two weeks. He still put up okay still, you know, almost thirty combined points, not mm-hmm. as coaching. I just think this is the week against that bad Seattle defense, at least the pass defense, he's bound to bounce back. In the game I think they lose, but he puts up numbers.
1: All right, a guy that's you know, probably going for a high price this week because of also getting the matchup, but you might stay away from Ben Roethlisberger against Dallas this week. What What's the reasoning here?
0: Yeah, just highlighting this position this week. I mean, these are both kind of guys I thought would be interesting. I, Josh Allen, pretty pretty easy pick. But this one, I feel like people are going to be loving big Ben. Yes. Against the Cowboys. I mean, their pass defense has been so bad. They've been so banged up. They may be getting back Louisier this week. But regardless, I mean, they did show a little bit more life against Philly. Now, yes. I'm going to... I'm going to take it easy here. I think their defense is terrible. I think God is historically yeah. bad, almost historically bad. But they showed a little bit of life against, you know, crappy Carson Wentz offense. But still, they showed a little bit of life. And Big Ben, you know, 2018, he was the number three fantasy quarterback. So far this year, hasn't had to do as much. He's a 22nd-ranked quarterback in fantasy. You know, everything you like to see from an NFL quarterback, over 63% completion in every game, multiple passing touchdowns and. In- every game but one so far this year and you know just consistent but in terms of fantasy he's only gone over 270 passing yards once all season and again those are steady numbers but they're not they're not what you need in fantasy and their defense is just so good that they don't need to really rely on him to chuck it up 40 50 times per game and this game i mean yeah i just think it's going to be such a runaway uh it's going to be uh garrett gilbert (laughs) <laughs> or who's the other guy I, he's bounced Cooper
1: around a rusher Rush.
0: i don't know i think it's just going to be they're going to get slugged i think this is going to be it's going to be ugly so i think that they're not going to have to have big Ben out there the whole game i think they're going to be able to lean on the run i mean cowboys are also the nfl's worst rush defense so far this year mm-hmm. like they got Leighton Vanderesch back, but uh, I just think they're going to be able to lean on the run, and I think it's going to be so lopsided that I don't love Big Ben in fantasy to put up 20 more points this week. I just I'm fading him this week. And what do you think is a good matchup against the Cowboys?
1: You see, I I'm buying what you're selling. I I really am because that. You know, you hear how terrible the Dallas defense is. But one of these weeks, they're going to string, you know, a pretty good performance together. And I thought last week, like you said, they did pretty good against uh, Wentz. Quandre Diggs, yeah, there were some plays he got burned on, but he had a couple interceptions, and he looked pretty decent. And I know Mike McCarthy has been praising him a lot, saying he's, like, one of their best, uh, you know, rookies on defense. And, you know... I things can only be so bad for so long there i think maybe they have a little improved defense but not to the point where they're shutting big ben down i'm i'm with you too though with the game flow of things because yeah i'm that offense for dallas that is gonna be a rough go against the pittsburgh defense so i think game situation it's gonna you're gonna see a lot of james connor in this one maybe even benny snell and um yep. I, I really think that might be terming things. So, yeah, if you're looking at starting Big Ben and you're seeing him and he's going to have that high price in Daily Fantasy and you're thinking, wow, this is four touchdowns most likely against Dallas and whatnot, I think you, you do have to caution it and pump the brakes on that because I think, yeah, he he might get you two. But then mm-hmm. after that, I think because the game flow situation, they're going to be up by 28 points. They're just going to be pounding with Connor the whole game.
0: I couldn't agree with him. I think the only way he gets you what you need in fantasy for his DFS price is if he throws four touchdowns right away. I don't think his, yep. his yardage is going to be there. If he pops like four touchdowns in the first three quarters and they pull him, yeah, then he might he might get you that. But he hasn't done it much this year uh, in terms of putting up three four touchdown passes. So
1: the Cleveland exactly. game, yeah, the Cleveland game was the only one I can remember where right off the bat I think he had three or four, and then after that it got into game situation where they were just running the ball the rest of the game out. Yeah, that's
0: that's exactly what I see here. Uh game script, that's that's the thing. That's what is gonna keep him from blowing up, barring a huge touchdown day. That's the only way it's gonna happen.
1: All right, some other week eight borderline uh, bruisers, flex heroes we're looking at here. Guy we mentioned JK Dobbins. I'm I'm buying him this week. I'll I'll put him in.
0: I'll put him in. I mean, even in that tough of a matchup, the Colts, they're getting Leonard back. They had him back last week. They're like the third-best defense in terms of DVOA. You at least got to have this guy on the radar. I mean, if he's getting 15 carries, I do think he's going to be still a decent option against the tough Colts defense this week. They just know how to open it up. They just mm-hmm. know how to open it up. I don't love Lamar this week, but I do think um, I do think that he's going to have a decent week because he's going to get the work. Yes. If this was the regular week with Ingram playing and he was only going to get six, seven, eight carries against the Colts, no way. But, I mean, he's a super talented back, and this is going to be the coming out week, I think, when we know he's starting going into the game, and it's a tough matchup. I think he'll perform this week nevertheless.
1: Another one, that Seattle backfield, man, it's a mystery, but uh, you're like a DJ Dallas. Yeah, we got to pick him up here. I mean,
0: it was such a weird situation pregame. Is Travis Homer going to play? Yeah. Ended up DJ Dallas. I mean, his two touchdowns boosted his week eight line for sure. But still, someone you want on your radar. I know Carson with the foot injury is iffy for this week. Also, Hyde, who I mean, you've been sashing him all year, waiting for this moment when Carson is out and you can throw him in. He's out too. He's got a hamstring injury. And it uh, doesn't look like he's going to go week nine against the Bills. So, yeah, DJ Dallas. And an offense with Russell Wilson as your quarterback. I'm gonna take a chance on him, especially in a flex if I can in a deeper league.
1: That San Francisco backfield. We talked about it earlier. You don't know who to go with, and it sounds like Jarek McKinnon, he's got tired legs, so that's why he's not getting any carries right now. So Jamichael Hasty by default. Hey, give him a shot because you saw what Dalvin Cook did. Now, obviously, different talents, but they were able to run the ball pretty good against that Packers defense. So, you're—is uh, that why you're liking Hasty in this one?
0: Yeah, I am <laughs> they give the ball. I they don't uh, give him one carry. Yeah, but like you said, I mean, he ain't Dalvin Cook. That was an unbelievable performance that he put up. Just put the team on his back. So you need something like that if you're going to pull off an upset, and uh, that was a huge performance from him against the Packers. We've had that hand uh, yeah. Shanahan uh, trust issues. Yes, you now what's going to happen this week? I have had Jarek McKinnon uh, in the lineup once mm-hmm. on this show before. I don't want to talk about it.
1: Yes, but uh,
0: you know, let's let's run him out there. Twelve carries last week. Had the rushing touchdown against Seattle. And again, the injuries to the position. Coleman he left early last week. We know about most hurt being down. So I think that in that in that offense, they're going to have to lean on the rush a little bit more more than at quarterback. So. Hasty, why not? I'm going to throw one at him this week.
1: And if you're looking for a quick start of wide receiver, Corey Davis. I mean, he. This is the year, I guess he's finally breaking out a little bit here. And you know, it's not the first round draft grade or where they would pick him fifth overall, but he's producing this year.
0: Exactly what you like from the flex spot is a nice floor. He gives you that, he gives you the high floor. Fun facts: feel the Eighth, waiver wire. Waiver wire ads—a tongue twister right there. Yeah. Waiver wire ads column. Five games this season for Corey Davis. He's had ten or more fantasy points in all five of them so far the season. Eight catches, 128, and a touchdown against the Bengals. Hey, there's enough room in that Tennessee offense for two big time receivers. I know it was a weird week. Again, Cincinnati, but he produced. John Smith's kind of falling off a little bit here. We'll see what happens with him, but I do think Corey Davis, you're not going to start him every week, Paul, but just a nice guy, high score option to have somewhere on your bench.
1: And finally, let's go against the spread and see who we like uh, coming up this week. And, of course, you find one of the, the biggest ones of the week for us to, again, mull over in Pittsburgh, 13-and-a-half favorites against Dallas. On the road, a 13-and-a-half favorite. It worked for us last week. I mean,
0: yeah. I don't like doing these, but for me, I'm sitting at 4-7 and
1: seven on the year, Paul.
0: You're 8-4 <laughs> coming into this week. You're the uh, false dumbest. I'm struggling, and I'm looking at what's worked. And I, we picked the Chiefs last week. Covered. They covered the 20 against the Jets. It ain't that extreme. I mean, we've heard the, the rumblings with the Cowboys in the locker room. Mm-hmm. They did show a little bit of life, but 13 and a half. I do think the Steelers can cover this, and that's a big reason why I'm fading Big Ben this week. Cowboys sitting at 2 and 6 here. Since Dak Prescott went down, they've just had no life on offense. Offensive line is just in shambles, uh, and they're going up against the best defense, the best front seven for sure in the NFL here. Four takeaways last week against the reigning MVP for Pittsburgh. Ah, I mean, and especially this matchup, four sacks allowed for Dallas against Philly. I mean, Philly's a good front seven, but Pittsburgh is better. The guy they're putting in for DiNucci, I mean, how good is this guy going to be? You're putting him in for DiNucci? yeah no offense to nucci but i do think that pittsburgh here they can win this i don't like taking the 13 and a half but dallas the last three weeks they've lost by a combined 64 points so over 20 points per game their average loss the last three weeks i just don't think they can they can put up anything on pittsburgh's defense and i think pittsburgh can get to 24 so i'm going to take them to cover the 13 and a half here interested on your thoughts paul
1: yeah, I mean, that, again, another huge number we're working with. But it helped. It worked last week. It was kind of uh, harrowing to watch, though, for the first three quarters. I wasn't sure if Casey was going to get there or not because, for whatever reason, they were letting the Jets hang around. But they finally covered it um i with this one i think yeah it's this one i feel a lot more comfortable with with the 13 and a half two touchdowns yeah i think pittsburgh can win by two touchdowns all the facts you mentioned the defense is just gonna make whoever dallas puts back there i mean just wondering what the heck they're gonna do and then on the offensive side for pittsburgh yeah like we've mentioned big ben should be able to throw wherever he needs to throw and then pound this one out and, yeah, I think Pittsburgh does win by, yeah, the, the 13 and a half by two touchdowns over Dallas.
0: Yeah, big spread, but I think that may be my favorite of the week. Put it at the top here, so that would be my locket end of the week here, but I would not take my word for it. Like I said, 4-7. and seven. So, yeah. hey, so 3-3 three three this week are back to 500, uh, uh, but uh, the second one this week, uh, I'm struggling with this one. Seattle, minus 2.5, on the road against the Bills. Yeah. I want to take Seattle, Paul. I just think that Going east, we saw what happened with Miami. They took care of business. They covered the spread. Here they're going back east again. Another AFC East opponent. What do you think here? Two and a half is so tricky. Uh, I do like that we're under three at
1: least. Yes, it's tricky, but this is where one where I if there was a crowd in that building, if the you know the Bills Mafia was in there, I would probably go. Obviously, I'd probably go with Buffalo, and I think that number might be a little bit smaller if there was crowds in there because that. I think that would definitely juice them up for a big game against Seattle. But without that crowd in there and uh, Russell, again, being up there on the MVP level, I I will take Seattle out with that one.
0: Okay, let's do it. If you're doing it. Yes.
1: at some point, I've got to get some separation from you, Paul,
0: but I'm going to go with you here. I'm going to take Seattle as well, cover the two and a half. Buffalo, they have not looked good against elite teams. I mean, they've played Tennessee. They played Kansas City uh, last four weeks. They got blown out by Tennessee, 42 to 16. It was a weird Tuesday night game, but still, yeah. they did not show up. got hmm, It wasn't a blowout, but lost by nine to Kansas City. They were Pretty well handled by Kansas City. They could not stop the run to save their life against the Chiefs. It's just another elite team against Buffalo. And I just don't quite buy Buffalo as an elite team. Seattle coming east, they they can do it this year. So I just think that they can do it. It's borderline, but Seattle will cover the two and a half.
1: And finally, this one's tough. Green Bay, San Francisco. Obviously, with all the injuries, San Francisco has... You might, you know, that I see where this five and a half is coming for Green Bay to be a favorite on the road, and the place they got smoked last year in the uh, the both times basically they played out there were not good games at all for the Packers. But uh, yeah, too many injuries for San Francisco. Do I like Green Bay for this? I that five and a half. I don't know. Last week it 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 tricked me, but I think this week I will go with Green Bay covering San Francisco at five and a half. I'm just snake-bitten on
0: Green Bay this year. I know I picked them to cover against the Bucks. Picked them last week. The big spread. I, mean, I know. Big spread. That's
1: why I'm playing with house money. I'm I'm a little bit ahead, so that's why, uh, if you want to go like the it. other way. I've got to do one.
0: <laughs> what I'm not liking about 49ers is what they've got up front. Uh, Dee Ford is on IR, Ziggy Onsa, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa. Yeah, we don't have to go through the list. There's a few guys on the uh, on the IR there for San Francisco up front, but the one thing I'll say for them is they're getting their guys in the secondary back. Last few weeks, we've seen a little bit of life from Jason Barrett, who's missed so much time. I'm so happy to see him finally contributing and back on the field. But Akella Witherspoon's come back, Emmanuel Mosley, Kawan Williams. They're getting guys back on the back end, so that's your hope. The pass rush is not going to be the same. But Nick Mullins, I think some people would say is blasphemous, but... The way Jimmy Garoppolo's been playing, yeah, it, I mean we could he has a chance here to go take this thing. Jimmy going to the IR here, so we may not see him for a while. Uh, man, Mullins—he did have that bad game uh, on, in prime time, mm-hmm. but I can see them. This is a big spread, five and a half. So just to have a little differentiation, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go San Francisco here. I get the five and a half point buffer. Yep. And let's see what happens here, <laughs> San Fran at home. Five-and-a-half point, dogs,
1: And that will wrap it up for this week's edition. I mean, it's going to be a fun week here. And, again, lots of things to look forward to uh, with all the storylines out there. Fantasy football, always fun, isn't it, Corey? It's a fun game, man. It's a distraction. Yes. And we love it for that. We love it for, for everything about it. So
0: here we go, baby. Week 9. Entering that second half. Entering that playoff run. <laughs>
1: yeah. That, I mean, that's the other important thing. Yeah, before we know it, too. In about a month, we are in fantasy football prime time. So I mean, we here we go down the home stretch. The way I look
0: at it, man, if you're sitting at four and four right now, three and five, five and three in that playoff mix, gotta treat every game like a playoff game. Gotta gotta get to that tournament. You get to the tournament, you got a chance,
1: baby. So yes, you got it by week. Get to that playoff. Got to get in, so then you can have the weird finishes in the championship weekend that'll live on forever. With guys maybe kneeling at the one when they could have scored a touchdown, or weird defensive touchdowns, and and things like that. Amen. Got
0: to you. Got to get there
1: to have a chance. Well, Corey, again, thank you so much for your time. We'll check in with you again next week. Thank you, Paul. It's good to be here with you. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone
0: and give us a five star rating while you're at it. Follow us on Twitter at Draft That Guy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.